Welcome to the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. The metaverse, an online environment that takes advantage of artificial intelligence, augmented reality, virtual reality, and ever-increasing connectivity, has the potential to be more immersive, experiential, and interactive than anything we could ever imagine. Welcome to another episode of the Collective Voice of Health IT, a Weedy podcast. I'm Michael McNutt, Weedy's Director of Events and Education, sitting in for Matthew Albright this week. Weedy is a national membership organization where the healthcare IT community connects, collaborates, and creates solutions for a better health system. This week, I'm happy to welcome Robert Kaltz, the founder and CEO of CloudDX, a company that is on a mission to make healthcare better for everyone. Robert, welcome to the show. This is going to be a fun one. Thanks, Michael. Great to be here. Not to say the other ones that Matthew does isn't fun, but this is fun. We're talking flying cars, robot dogs. Maybe I'm getting those things mixed up. I'm not sure. But uh, I'm welcoming a gentleman that's hoping to steer us in the right direction regarding this metaverse and its potential role in healthcare. Uh, What else does the future hold for this industry that oftentimes takes a measured, passive look at emerging technology? Uh, So, Robert, as, as we say, our healthcare heroes that we have always have an origin story. So what is your healthcare origin story? Well, that's a great question. I come from a medical family. Uh, my dad was a physician. My mom was a nurse. I myself at one time wanted to go to medical school, but chose to go into business instead and become an entrepreneur. Uh, but I've also been a, a big fat geek and have always been interested in the future and uh, helping to make the future reality. So it all sort of came together when I was introduced to the core technology that we currently are, are working with here at CloudDX, the concept of cloud computing, meeting, uh, vital sign monitoring, and then the application of artificial intelligence to create better outcomes for patients. So uh, sometimes, you know, the universe provides and the, the right opportunity opportunity shows up. And that's kind of become my life's work now. That's fantastic. And now you're you're a big geek. I, I love that. I, I hope you appreciate the stuff in the background. I hope Very it's not just too so. distracting. Oh, I'm digging it. Very right. cool. If you can see, and, and I'm going to mention the fact that uh, back in 2017, CloudDX was awarded the Bold Epic Innovator Award by the XPRIZE for its creation of a modern-day medical tricorder called Vitality. Now, if you notice, if you look into my, off my side here, there's actually a model of the Starship Enterprise right behind me, that if you push it, Leonard Nimoy actually does the entire Captain's uh, Creed. So just want to let you know, we're like-minded gentlemen here. We're on the same page. That's pretty much where the similarities end right there, Robert. Yeah, we're in the same solar system. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's funny. I have a lot of friends who are um, like astrophysicists, and like, Star Trek's their thing. Like, that's their thing. There's no Star Wars. Nothing else exists. Star Trek is their no. thing. Yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. Uh, it's an amazing universe, the Star Trek universe. Now, are you the kind of genius geek nerd guy who, when you watch a, sci- a superhero movie, for example, you pick out the fact that that really couldn't happen in the world? Or are you sucked into the imagination? Well, I think it's interesting to note, you know, that um, there's few things, it's turned out, that are really actually impossible. And... <laughs> I remember reading uh, just literally a few days ago, Michael, I read an article talking about how uh, scientists at NASA seem to have concluded that warp drive is actually possible after all. 
So I think that it would be foolish for any of us to say that, you know, the things that we can imagine cannot be accomplished. Human beings seem to have the ability uh, to take our imaginations and make them real uh, with enough effort and energy. So this is part of what makes science fiction and part of what makes the, the, the connections between uh, technology and the imagination so exciting and fascinating. Uh, so often, if we can imagine it, uh, we can find a way to do it. That's fantastic. And I, 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 before we get into the metaverse, because I'm really you know excited about talking to you about that, what is it? It seems that the past five years in healthcare, and it might have been the pandemic, it might have been a lot of other things. What have you seen? And maybe I'm wrong. There seems to be like an emergence and a recognition of emerging technology in healthcare that has never been available or present in you know, in the past, like we're talking artificial intelligence, even from the element of introducing blockchain to healthcare, um, you know, whether it's machine learning, NLP, this wasn't talked about five years ago. At least I didn't hear it. So, so are you seeing that as well, that there's just been a boom? It's a great boom, but there seems to be a boom over the past five to seven years of really pushing the envelope in terms of emerging technology and healthcare. Well, what we've learned, you know, of all the years working at CloudDX is that the healthcare industry is, is different and special compared to consumer products or even fintech or banking or many other kinds of engineering. And it's different because it involves, you know, people's lives and health. It involves a highly regulated environment. It's an enormous part of the economy. It's up to a third of the economy in many countries. So it involves so many moving parts and so much of what we do. But there is a built-in bias against innovation in healthcare because it's risky. Yes. And the last place you want to take risks is with patients and people's lives. So literally, doctors and nurses are trained from their first day at medical school and nursing school that uh, you know it's not their responsibility to try new things. Their responsibility is to stick to the tried and true uh, that they know works. So innovation has to be advanced um, very carefully and thoroughly you need uh, peer-reviewed published studies and papers. You need academic research. It needs to be thoroughly tested and vetted and proven. And, and then there, if it's legitimately an advance and legitimately an, a thing that's going to make a difference, then it will rise to the top and it will eventually be adopted because it does have that impact. It has that better outcome. It creates better uh, workflow conditions. It you know, But the history of medical innovation is a history of uh, necessity, and then um, it's a step change. Anesthesia, uh, the the set, you know, antisepsis. These are things that that were known to be effective for decades or even generations that yet were not widely adopted for some time. And we look back and say, how is it possible that they couldn't have like learned that if they washed their hands, people wouldn't die? Uh, well, it's a very very conservative world. So, yeah. you know, when you're in a startup. Michael, the interesting point is that you need to have that staying power. Um, you know, if you're a fintech startup or if you're a startup in consumer products, you can innovate and move fast and break things and you can do stuff that's cool and bring it to market. And if it fails, it fails and off you go to the next thing. It doesn't work in healthcare. Uh, it's a long, long road and you need to be prepared to stay the, stay the course. Yeah. Um, but th that's our experience. Uh, the good news is that if you do have genuine innovation that actually works and makes a difference, uh, then eventually you you will be proven right. And Excellent. that seems to be happening right now. Excellent. And being proven right, uh, this is Robert Call, the founder and CEO of CloudDX, uh, here on the Collective Voice of Health IT. Now let's jump into the metaverse. Um, 
you know what? I when I first heard and was approached with having you on the show, I was incredibly excited, simply because I'd actually be get I'd be getting educated as to what the metaverse was. Uh, I, I is it just is it is it really the idea of putting on the augmented or virtual reality goggles and and kind of being sucked into this new world? Uh, walk me through what exactly is the metaverse. Well, what's exciting about the world we live in is that concepts like the metaverse are now being defined by millions of, of very smart people, engineers, technologists, uh, business people, visionaries, who are thinking about the next state of being, you know, and, and what we've watched in our lifetimes is the emergence of the smartphone and the internet, and how those technologies have spread to every corner of the earth, and have connected every corner of the earth in ways that, frankly, are very much straight out of science fiction. I think we can all agree that if you went back to the 1970s and you showed a person the way the world is in 2022, they would assume they were watching Star Wars or Star Trek, because that's really a lot of, you know, the, a lot of what's, what's happened. That's fabulous. The metaverse is that, you know, again, a sort of a science fiction idea that is now being made real. And the idea is... How can um, reality be augmented and extended? So at CloudDX, we call our metaverse projects and our metaverse division Cloud XR, or Cloud Extended Reality. Mm -hmm. Extended beyond our immediate senses uh, of touch and taste and smell and vision and, and really um, bringing data and information in from all over the universe, all over the globe bringing that in and making it um, something that you can experience in a way that's very um, realistic. So when you say the metaverse to some people, it means crypto and blockchain because that's a backbone and that's a technology that makes trust in this new metaverse possible. If you say the metaverse to other people, it means gaming. It means mm -hmm. multiplayer online games where you are in a, an, an artificial universe where yeah. you're doing cool, fun stuff and blowing stuff up and you're having quests and adventures and, and you're experiencing that with an ever-escalating set of technologies that make it more and more realistic every year. I think one of the most amazing things that you can experience is the new Microsoft Flight Simulator, if you ever use the old one. Mm -hmm. I was a, you know, I'm was i a pilot and I used the old Flight Simulator many years ago when the first versions came out. And then Microsoft kind of stopped working on it. For many years, they didn't make a new one. And then they brought out this latest flight simulator and it's almost real. It's astonishing how detailed and real it is because of the advances in computer um, capacity. Mm -hmm. So the metaverse means different things to different people. Um, to other people, it means being able to exist in an online world where you can go shopping and yeah. you can take classes and you can interact with friends as avatars, even though your friend is on another part of the world or in another country. So it's a social aspect. It's taking classes, it's transacting commerce, uh, it's being entertained, it's, be, it's watching a movie in three dimensions where you're in the movie instead of watching it on a flat screen. You literally can look everywhere and there's movie everywhere around you. You're, you're a character in the movie. These are things we've dreamt about for many years. In the, in the sense of the medical metaverse, mm -hmm. it's a very specific niche. And when you think about problems that we're solving in the medical metaverse, problems like the fact that uh, many patients exist in rural areas or they exist in parts of the world that have very limited access to healthcare. And yet there are experts and there are physicians and there are doctors and nurses who have the bandwidth and who have the ability to help, help those people in, in the developed world, in the rich world, if you will. 
uh, that would be happy to help those people, but they can't get there. It's just, you can't possibly get fly them there and so on and so forth. But through augmented reality and through the metaverse, those experts can now actually help care for people thousands of miles away from where they're, 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 uh, they're situated. We just went, we're all still going through a global pandemic where we were not able to meet face-to-face. Physicians and nurses were not able to touch their patients. That's led to a boom in telemedicine and telehealth care and remote patient monitoring, which of course CloudDX is participating in. But it also means that now there's a new sensitivity to being in an environment where there are lots of people who are sick and there are people who have infectious diseases. There's a resistance to going to hospital these days. That's healthy in some ways because it keeps us protected from infectious disease, but it may also mean that people postpone care. It means that you don't go to the hospital until you're so sick that it's obvious it's, you know, if you don't go, you're going to die. Well, by the time you get there, you might be too late, or at least you're going to have a worse outcome because you waited too long. So we can introduce technologies that help protect patients and doctors and nurses and keep them isolated so that infectious disease is controlled, while at the same time making it easy and convenient for patients to get care, we've solved the problem. So these are the things that we're addressing with the concept of extended reality in medicine. And um, we're very proud of the fact that we've we've cut some really new, um, we've got some cutting edge stuff going on there. Uh, we've been honored with a, a lot of non-dilutive funding in the Canadian funding context. One of the benefits of being a company with technology resources in Canada is we access an ecosystem of funding mm-hmm. that is very, very progressive. And so we're working with academic partners. Our technology is very close to commercialization. And um, it's just another way that we're working to make healthcare better. Incredible. We're talking with Robert Call, the founder and CEO of CloudDX here on the Collective Voice of Health IT. Now, you're talking about you know the, the safety aspects, like we're protecting the providers, the nurses, the doctors from everyone in this global pandemic. When it comes to, and I'm just thinking right now, what are the considerations in terms of data privacy and security when dealing with the metaverse? Uh, I'm assuming um, if they're dealing with a patient, that patient is entering his or her vitals into something so that communication goes from patient to doctor. Um, How in this metaverse is security addressed? Well, I think we can recognize that in our current healthcare system, uh, a lot of personal health information is transferred all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to see a, a a brick and mortar physician, they take your vital signs, they enter it into an electronic medical record, it's transferred around. So a lot of very um, robust infrastructure exists already today to protect personal health information. And of course, privacy and security is very much on everyone's mind when it comes to that, because frankly, there's a lot of regulation around that. There are laws in, in many parts of the world, in most of the world now, that protects personal health information. And those laws have teeth. If you violate HIPAA or, or PHIPAA, PEPIDA in Canada, you violate these health regulations, um, these, these data privacy regulations, there's substantial fines. It can be really, in some cases, devastating to a, a company. So it's a very, very, very high priority. And I think the other thing is we recognize also that, you know, your clinical team are professionals. This is not, you know, somebody who is um, uh, a company you've never heard of. You're not, you know, just you know finding some online resource that Uh, seems to be legit, but you don't really have a lot of backstory on them. This is a physician. This is a doctor in a hospital. This is somebody you're interacting with from the point of view of the healthcare system. So they have a very high trust level there already. And so um, the last thing to point out is, of course, that we strongly endorse the idea that patients own their own data. Patients own their own health records. 
we want to make those records available to the patient as well as to their care team and to their family in a way that the patient controls. So patient consent is a key key part of the way we engage with patients at CloudVX. And we're very, very good at managing and maintaining that level of transparency that patients appreciate, knowing that their data is going to the right place, but it's also safe. Yeah. From point A to point B, I understand. I'm wondering more about kind of those, the, the, the bad actors, the, the ones that are out there in regular cyberspace uh, you know, attacking healthcare and healthcare is one of the biggest targets in terms of, you know, cyber crimes. Um, what is, and I'm not, like I said, total layman, you know, what within the metaverse prevents, if anything, nothing perhaps can prevent a bad actor from entering the metaverse and stealing that communication between one and two. You know, again, I can only comment that um, the, the battle against the bad guys is never ending and on, ongoing. Um, but companies like CloudDX uh, work at a high level under under intensive scrutiny and regulation. We're audited every year, ISO certified, uh, compliant in many ways with different uh, standards like SOC 2. So, you know, perfection's impossible. But one of the things we recognize too is that, um, you know, if 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 someone learns my blood pressure or they learn my heart rate or they learn my vital signs, then um, it, my privacy has been violated, no question. And I would not, absolutely would not say that it's something we take lightly. But it's different than if they get my credit card number or my social insurance number, or it's different if they get financial information. So our, our data is less, I guess, to a certain extent, less of a target than financial data would be. Now, that doesn't mean we, we, we rest on our loyals in any way, but it, it just address a, a different threat surface. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so all, you know, again, uh, no one can promise to never, ever experience any kind of attack or, 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 or bad actor coming after you. Uh, all we can do is be vigilant and to use the latest, uh, strongest tools and to structure our business in such a way that the vulnerability is reduced to the absolute minimum. Fantastic. Uh, now with the metaverse, let's, let's walk through a typical experience. Say I'm, say I'm diabetic and you're my doctor. And um, we cannot see each other face to face. Maybe there's a distance issue, um, but I have this technology. I have this extended reality. So, um, walk me through a, a possible checkup uh, through the metaverse. Well, so here's what an, an interesting way that the metaverse evolves. So today, right, we could say that you could have a telehealth consult as a doctor with your diabetic patient, you could review their glucose re- uh, meter readings because it's a connected glucose meter. Mm-hmm. You have access to that information. You can look at their hemoglobin A1C. You can have discussions with them about their diet. You can share information with them in a protected environment on an app where you can send them things like uh, diet ideas and uh, uh, recipes, shopping ideas. You can really help them to manage and control their diabetes and in, using multiple tools here, apps, wearables, continuous glucose monitors, uh, connectivity and feedback loops that are augmented by various levels of software. It may not rise to artificial intelligence yet because that's something that's being regulated. Now, this is happening today. This is actually, this is very much uh, common. Mm-hmm. It is a form of medical metaverse because we're using digital technologies to connect dots and make care possible across long distances. It doesn't rise to the level yet of augmented reality goggles, Okay. And 3D holograms, but it's solving a problem using the tools available. Where that, 3D holograms and augmented reality gets interesting is in more serious cases. So mm-hmm. our technology, for example, leverages the Microsoft HoloLens. 
And it imagines a possibility of a patient who might be, let's imagine they're on an oil rig out to sea. They've been injured. And that patient might exist as a three-dimensional hologram floating on a, on a holographic hospital bed that is an exact duplicate of the actual patient. All the data flowing into the system is coming live from vital sign monitoring devices, imaging devices, cameras, uh, possibly even x-rays, MRI machines. All that information flows into a real, uh, augmented reality interface that is actually straight out of a science fiction movie that has tiles floating in the air with uh, data on them like Iron Man works with and that uh, Minority Report worked with that the physician can call up using a gesture or using a voice command, can call up that MRI, look at the data, can call up the health record, is looking at the live vital signs, can actually see organs, uh, representations of organs and representations of wounds as if they were right in front of that real person. And then imagine that they could consult with three other physicians or specialists who are porting in as avatars from other parts of the world. So now uh, you're, you're using a metaphor that clinicians are very comfortable with, which is, and has existed for literally thousands of years, which is a patient surrounded by two or three doctors conferring about the patient. They're looking at the same data together. They're having that exact experience they trained with in medical school. The only difference is the patient is on an oil rig and the doctors are scattered all over the world, but they're having that same experience. It's mm -hmm. what they're used to. They're comfortable with it. They're very effective in that world, and they're delivering care in a way that they could only imagine, you know, in the in the past. That's how our system is designed to work, and that's what we're creating right now. Okay, now I'm excited because that's that's the fun stuff. Because now I'm imagining that I, exactly. They're they're sitting it's at a table, hollow deck. It's 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 all coming back. Okay, great, that's fantastic. <laughs> that, so that's that's a sci-fi vision that now exists yeah. and is being validated and is being tested and will soon be deployed and will one day be saving lives. Definitely. Nothing is impossible. Not, nothing. Um, so so just a cheap plug on the weedy side of things. August 17th, we're holding an event looking at the value and cost of telehealth. Um Remote patient monitoring is something that you just said that Cloud DX is very much involved in. Um, so, so tell us about the work you're doing, uh, and, and then let's talk. Let's expand that into the overall role of RPM uh, in terms of post-surgical, in terms of helping the chronically ill, in terms of uh, the, addressing the digital divide in, in kind of rural regions. So, how how is Cloud DX attacking, addressing, and embracing and supporting RPM? Well, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that question. So today, CloudDX is a leader in uh, uh, the concept of acute RPM, and we call that acute RPM. What that means is we work with uh, some of the sickest patients, patients who have a serious, uh, in, in some cases, multiple chronic illnesses, or patients who have undergone um, major surgeries. And what we deliver in that world is, as we've been discussing, is a sort of lightweight early version of the medical metaverse where the patient has uh, the devices and the tools they need to be cared for by their care team in the comfort of their own home. It starts with a tablet computer that's locked down to an app created by CloudDX that enables the patient to interact with the care team and gather data and gather vital signs and gather information that helps the care team care for them better. And that app allows them to take their vital signs like blood pressure and body weight, temperature, blood glucose, uh, and, and heart rate, and so on. It also allows them to communicate, just like we're doing now, on a two-way telemedicine platform. 
and do telemedicine visits. We can do two-way text message exchanges. We can send surveys to the patient that are automated. So a survey might go to the patient and the patient might answer questions about their symptoms that day. How do I feel today? Maybe the patient has COVID. So they may talk about how uh, you know, they can still no longer taste uh, anything and they can't smell anything right now, or they're still short of breath or, and so on. And so the software is actually interpreting those answers. And if those answers have changed or become negative, then they're flagged and that notification is sent to the care team. So the care team now knows something's changed with this person. They were feeling better yesterday. Now they're not so good. And then a chain of events occurs where a telemedicine visit may occur, a text exchange may happen. We're going to get to the bottom of that early. We're going to find out what, what's made that change happen. So all of this is automated in the background. The patient is more in charge of their own care. They know what their vital signs are. They know what their care plan is. They have access to tools that help them to, to intervene with their chronic illness to prevent a hospital visit or to prevent an ER visit. And in the meantime, they feel cared for. They know that their care is being monitored, their, their the conditions being monitored. On the clinician side, we have a dashboard that allows those clinicians, those nurses and doctors, many cases nurses, to monitor literally hundreds of patients simultaneously, all in their own homes, but really only need to pay attention to those patients where something has changed, where a vital sign has changed or a survey answer has changed. Something's going on there. That patient needs assistance. We're going to cope with that patient right now. CloudDX is unique in our experience. We make sure the patient's system is working and we, we provide that compliance and and, and um, that service that makes sure the patient is taking their readings on time and is not having any problems with the technology, even though the patients are very, very elderly. Most of our patients are over 70. Some of our patients are over 100. A lot of our patients have never owned a cell phone, and yet they're engaging with technology and they're using it to care for themselves in their home and to help their loved ones care for them. So we're able to do that for patients who have, as I said, serious chronic illnesses and also have undergone major surgeries. No, that, that's fantastic. Uh Tell me about uh, RPM in relation to the clinical workflow. How is CloudDX working to kind of incorporate the two to have the experience seamless, not only for the patient, as you're seeing, but also for the clinician side? So, so how is RPM working in, to improve clinical workflow? Well, so what's interesting, you know, in the, in the in before times, if you will, before this technology existed, uh, follow-up after surgery or follow-up for serious chronic illness was all done by the telephone. It was done with old school tools, but it still had to happen. Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing here is we're replacing one-on-one communications by phone uh, with a very strong suite of technologies that takes a lot of the heavy lifting out of it for the clinicians. Instead of having to just do phone call after phone call, maybe you miss the person, maybe you leave a message, maybe they don't get back to you, you don't find out about why uh, they missed that message. Maybe they're having an incident. Maybe they're in distress. This is, you know, the technology itself is stepping in and augmenting, giving those clinicians superpowers where they can now manage and monitor safely many, many more people than they were previously able to do. It's cutting their workload. It's improving their efficiency. Also, we know patients love it. We know that because we ask them, we survey them. And in our patient surveys, over 96% of our patients are satisfied or very satisfied with their CloudDX experience. We know the patient's happy, and a happy patient typically complies with their medical instructions, and they do what they're supposed to do, and so they get better faster. So we're building these positive feedback loops that allow patients more power, but at the same time, give clinicians superpowers. And anytime you can do that, you're onto something that's going to result in a really great situation.
That's fantastic. Robert Call, CEO and founder of CloudDX here on the Collective Voice of Health IT. Uh, whether it's RPM, telehealth, uh, you know, extended reality, um, virtual care um, is really just taking a hold, similar to the ideas of perhaps health equity over the past several years, not only due to several social and kind of media uh, situations in this country, but also due to the pandemic, uh, the element of a systemic bias, health equity, social determinants of health, et cetera, has really kind of moved up to one of the top topics in our country. Talk about how virtual care um, in a way can address systemic biases kind of almost eliminate systemic biases and improve inclusivity when it comes to healthcare delivery. You know, and that's a very important aspect of our work at CloudDX. We take that very, very seriously. And we have a number of different things we can talk about in that direction. So I think there's a couple areas we can address. One is, you know, in, in face-to-face interactions, it gives opportunities for bias to be expressed and for bias to occur. When you use technology to mediate that, that interaction, and you're aware that a bias is a challenge, you can begin to build mitigations into the technology. So whether you're a person of color, whether you're in the LGBTQ community, whether you're an older person, you know, ageism is something we, we are facing every day at CloudVX. We're enabling older people to exist in the, regardless of where they live, where they live in the rural areas, urban areas, regardless of their socioeconomic status, because we're providing all the technology, including that tablet, you don't have to have a smartphone. You don't have to have a cell phone. It doesn't really matter as long as, you know, really, as long as you have a place where you're secure enough that um, it's not going to be uh, taken from you or you're not going to be robbed by it, um, we can help you. So we're working with populations that have never experienced that level of interaction before and yet have been very successful. So the technology, first of all, can be very enabling. Secondly, you can build, um, you can begin to counter those biases once you're aware of them and if you're looking out for them. And if you care about them, so if you if you make that a priority, you can make eliminating those biases part of your mission. And then I think the third thing is something that we see over and over again with technology is that as the price of technology comes down and it becomes democratized and becomes ubiquitous and unique, it enables certain things that couldn't be done before or only could be done by very wealthy people. And um, you know, good examples are areas of the world that are very underdeveloped where there was no infrastructure, there was no electricity, there was no phone lines, there were no communications in place. And then suddenly a smartphone arrived. And suddenly that, that place was in touch with the rest of the world. Now they can have educational content. They can check market prices for their goods and services. They can communicate with loved ones all over the world. They're now part of the 21st or 20th, 21st century uh, because that technology leapfrog, you know, that technology leapfrog over a landline phone and it leapfrogged over landline electricity. It's solar powered and it enables those people to have the same experience you and I could have. And, and, and that's something that you know only happens because you want it to and you make it happen, but technology enables it. So these are visions we have for how we want health equity to improve. We're very aware of the reality that over 400 million people around the world have no access to healthcare at all, none. Not even rudimentary access. They literally live in a world that is similar to the way our ancestors lived hundreds of years ago. We want to address that problem. And at the same time, we want to address the problem for all other areas, uh, like you mentioned, of uh, folks who have poor access. So this is something we would take very, very seriously. We're very passionate about it. That's fantastic. I, I love the fact that we're bringing in all these elements of new technology. But and there's always that fear of technology kind of eluding those who need it the most. And I kind of like how 
technology in the realm of healthcare is taking that serious consideration to those who do not have the access and actually making the technology accessible to those as opposed to making the technology something that uh, only certain only certain populations can achieve and, and, and attain. Exactly. That's fantastic. Well, Robert Cole, we've been chatting with Robert Cole here, uh, founder and CEO of CloudDX on the Collective Voice of Health IT. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything you wish to plug, promote, get people kind of, you know, thinking on the same level, maybe a, a, a special favorite Star Trek episode, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to go, whatever you want to plug. When you mentioned that we were one of the winners of the Qualcomm Tricorder X Prize, and I want to give a shout out to X Prize. Uh, for those people who are not familiar with the X Prize Foundation and the X Prize organization, do yourself a favor and Google it because Peter Diamantes and his team at X Prize are doing that thing that needs to be done where they incentivize groups of people and, and teams to address intractable problems in the world that uh, do not have solutions that can be inspired by uh, by all of us. So when we uh, participated in the X Prize, our, our Tricorder X Prize was inspired by Star Trek. I'd like to know when you look at all the different massive sci-fi franchises out there, whether it's the Marvel Universe or whether it's Star Wars or Battlestar Galactica, you name it. What's different about Star Trek is that in almost every case, the Star Trek crew had a doctor. Started with Dr. McCoy, then went on to Dr. Um, Dr. Crusher, uh, went on to the, the doctor on Voyager, the doctor uh, played by Robert Picardo. I mean, there was always a medical expert as part, as a core part of the story. That part of the Star Trek ethos is expressed in the Tricorder Prize. So we actually invented and built a Tricorder that, like you see on Star Trek, is capable of diagnosing 15 separate diseases entirely all by itself, autonomously using artificial intelligence, and using very cutting-edge technology, and that's part of what we're commercializing at CloudDX. So our technologies are inspired by Star Trek. We are bringing genuine Star Trek technology to the world as visionaries, and we're very excited that that's in our DNA. The thing I want everyone to know about uh, CloudDX is that what makes it possible are partnerships. CloudDX is very different and special in that we have some of the most exciting partnerships in the entire industry. About six months ago, we announced that we were partnering with Medtronic, which is the largest medical technology company in the world. Medtronic is a company that invents the future just like we do. They're responsible for some of the most cutting-edge technologies that are used in hospitals all over the world. They're a $4 billion company. And they chose CloudDX as their virtual care partner, partially because of our innovation DNA, also because of our wonderful outcomes and our incredible uh, happy customers. But CloudDX is partnering with other entities as well, entities of similar size. As part of our business plan is to form partnerships with some of the largest and most successful companies in the world to bring our technologies to market sooner. So we want folks to not only pay attention to what we're doing at CloudDX in the future, but also pay attention to our partnership relationships and how those partnerships are strengthening our ability to make healthcare better for everybody. That's fantastic. And I guess I should add this. It just makes sense. Live long and prosper. Uh, we have to, we have to do that. This has been a fantastic conversation with Robert Call, CEO and founder of CloudDX. Thanks so much for being our guest this week. Michael, thank you for inviting me. This has been the Collective Voice of Health IT, a weedy podcast where the healthcare IT communities connect, collaborate, and create solutions for a better health system. Find all our episodes as well as information on our association on our website, weedy.org. Thank you for joining us and be safe.